broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Roughness. You got to score points to win. You can't win without scoring points. Touchdown Raiders! He went right through the line and gives Vegas a touchdown to extend the lead. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. Last hour, we talked with Cassie Soto from VegasNation.com, and we wrapped up that conversation talking about Mad Max Crosby and where he is not only locally but really on the national scene at this stage of his career. And right now, join us on the phone lines from CBS Sports is our good friend Jeff Kerr, and he has a piece out right now ranking NFL's top 10 edge rushers of 2023. 49ers Nick Bosa number one, but there's a lot of competition behind him. And Jeff joins us on the phone lines now. And, Jeff, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. I appreciate you. And before we deep dive into your piece that you put out there, how you been, man? It's been a while. Hey, Q, you know what? I'm actually going to the fine state of Nevada in two days, uh, bowling in the USBC Nationals in Reno. So it's going to be a fun time. I've never been out that way. Nice, nice. Well, I remember, I think, last time uh, we had you on, you were here in Vegas bowling, weren't you? Yeah, I was. I think you guys had me You had me at the Super Bowl. I think it was, yeah, you know what? I, I think it was when I was in Vegas. I'll be going to Vegas again next year for it. So nice. It's going nice. to be a fun time. Yeah, absolutely. There's no doubt. So let's go ahead and jump into the piece that you put out. And Max Crosby is ranked sixth. And I believe in 2022, he was even ranked fourth on the list. But I don't really worry about where he's listed as far as fifth, sixth, fourth, third, whatever, because top 10 in the NFL is fantastic. How under the radar, in your words that you put out there, are not under the radar, but underrated is Max Crosby at this stage? Yeah, I, that was my first line, right? Speaking of underrated pass rushers, let's yep. get to him. And you know, the, the guy only leads the NFL in pressures over the last two seasons. I mean, he had 81 last year. It's not like he, he sucked by any means. I mean, only Michael Parsons and Nick Bosa were ahead of him, and Bosa had a all-time great season. You know, Nick Bosa broke up the Watt brothers' uh, record for uh, quarterback hits of the season. So that's how good of a year Bosa had. But, yeah, Max Crosby, he got nothing on the other side. Like, he was supposed to have an even bigger year because Chandler Jones was over there, and Jones put up the pressures. I think he ended up with 48 or 49, but the sack numbers just weren't there for him, which I thought it was even more impressive. Max Crosby was able to do what he did, and there are guys that I pencil in every single year on this list, and Max Crosby is one of them. Yeah, I mean, and he's he's just seeming like, Jeff, he's getting better and better every year. Like, he tells us in the locker room, there's things I work on each and every, you know, summer and offseason because I want to continue to, you know, redefine my game and get better. How much better do you think that this guy can get? Because I don't think he's reached the ceiling yet. Definitely not in the sack totals. I mean, I don't know if right. he'll ever get 100 pressures in a season again. That That's going to be really tough. He did that two years ago, but the sack total of it's – the, the pressure rate de- definitely doesn't equal what he should be getting for sacks. I know 12.5 was a career high for him, but this is a guy who should be getting 15 easily. And, you know, not everybody's T.J. Watt, right? Not everybody's right. Nick Bosa where they're just going to light the world on fire. Some pass rushers get better in their late 20s and in their early 30s. I think Max Crosby is going to be one of those guys because he keeps improving. It's, I wouldn't be surprised if we had a year where Max Crosby just has 18, 19, 20 sacks, and everybody will be like, well, where'd that come from? Well, People who study defensive ends and watch them know how good Max Crosby is. 
There's no doubt. Jeff Kerr is our guest from CBS Sports talking all things. Uh, Max Crosby, edge rushers here on Radio Nation Radio 920. And I this. Go ahead, Damon. Yeah, I've got to ask you, when it comes to Max Crosby and the pressures that he gets, but also not so much as just rushing the passer, but also stopping the run, when it comes to being a complete defensive end, do you still have him ranked where you have him when it comes to pass rushers? Or do you think that that separates him a little bit, the high snap count that he plays and his ability to defend the run? Well, I'll tell you what, that's a very good question. So I, I think if I put everything in it together, and again, this is edge rushers, pass rushers, and I specifically focus on the pass rushing aspect, but mm-hmm. he is a really good run defender. I think, I think if I combined both of them like a little more than I did in, in previous years, I think I would have had him as, ahead of Hassan Reddick because Reddick's not a good run, run defender. He, he's in there for one reason, one reason only, to sack the quarterback, yeah. and he's very good at that. Yeah, you're right about Max Crosby. It's he always reminds me of, again, coming from Philly, this is a Brandon Graham type thing, where Brandon Graham is one of the best edge defenders at stopping the run. He always was, even at 34. But you see Max Crosby, it allows the other edge rusher or a pass rusher defensive tackle to just do that because he can stop the other team's running back. Look, the Kansas City Chiefs have had trouble running against the Oakland Raiders. I mean, Oakland, uh, Las Vegas Raiders. <laughs> because of Max you know, guys, it's been a couple years now, and I still, I still say San Diego Chargers. I still say Oakland Raiders. So, <laughs> curse is AFC West. Right. There's no doubt. Let me ask you this. So you mentioned uh, Hassan Reddick, and I was a big Hassan Reddick fan when he was coming out of Temple. He went to Arizona, and he almost, Jeff, looked like he was going to be a bust. And then all of a sudden he figured it out. And then he went to Carolina, and he figured it out some more. And then in Philly, he really figured it out. What is it about Hassan Reddick that kind of clicked for him that made him all of a sudden that great pass rusher that he was expected to be coming out of Temple? I think he was finally put in a position where he could succeed. I think Vance Joseph was the guy who said, you know what, this guy is not a linebacker. This guy, you should be lining up off the edge, going in a three-technique stance, or you know, putting his hand in the dirt, and let's see what he could do. And then, remember he had that five-sack game against the Giants, and it seemed like that's when everything clicked for him. I think he ended up with like 12-and-a-half sacks that year, and Arizona decided, hey, you know what, we declined his fifth-year option, we're good with him. Carolina took a shot on him, and he had a really good year there, and he always wanted to come to Philly, and I knew it was going to be a really good fit for the Eagles for the get-go. They needed a pass rusher of his caliber. I, I know they had Josh Sweat, but Brandon Graham was aging. Javon Hargrave was going last year of his deal. It, it, it was just a match made in heaven. The guy loves Philadelphia. The, the guy knows how to do one thing really well, and that's get to the quarterback. I mean, he literally eliminated Brock Purdy in the NFC Championship game. I mean, that's a difference-making pass rusher, and that's what I think Vegas fans need to – how can I word this? This is what Vegas fans need to hope happens with Max Crosby. They, they hope that Max Crosby can have that defining playoff moment. And, but they got to get to the playoffs for right. him to have that, of course. Yeah, so I've got to ask you, when it comes to the new piece that you dropped today, when it comes to the best position groups out there in the top five where the Browns edge rushers and – the Eagles' edge rushers, what do you think it would take for the Raiders to get there? Do you think that Tyree Wilson could make that immediate impact or Chandler Jones could step up to give Max Crosby what would be that needed help? Oh, absolutely. So Chandler Jones has to be Chandler Jones, right? You can't be Chandler Jones from last year. But, again, Tyree Wilson, he's a freak. Uh, yeah, I really liked him coming out of the draft. I wasn't sure where he was going to go or what direction a team like the Raiders were going to go in. But when he got to them – Oh my God, you know what? That's going to be a really good pick for Vegas. And I, I thought your him or Jalen Carter would have been more than ideal for them because that's what they needed. And I, I think Tyree Wilson's going to be a stud opposite of Max Crosby because you're not asking him to be the number one edge guy. You got that. And you're learning from Max Crosby. You're learning from Chandler Jones. It's, 
the key to all this is how quick can Wilson develop and can Chandler Jones be Ch- can be Chandler Jones again? And personally, I, I think Chandler Jones can. Uh, you know, he has shown he can play at a high level. It's, uh, I think that was so shocking for me last year. If I had to do this list um, a year ago at this time, I would have easily said uh, I would easily have the Raiders' edge group in the top ten. Uh, now it's it's all up in the air because of Chandler Jones. Yeah, and then when it comes to the edge, I know one of the most important stats that we all look at comes to sacks. When you were doing your rankings and your list and you're studying all these top-tier edge rushers, how in, how easy is it for them to get the sacks if you have that help on the other side, or does it not matter and the cream always rises to the top? I always look at pressures, too. I, I mean, sacks is a big part of it, obviously. you know, I, I ranked T.J. Watt number one last year because he, he tied the single-season sack record, and he did it in – far less games than Michael Strahan did. So that played a role in it. Same with both. I mean, sacks are always the indicator, the basics everybody goes through, but I still feel like people are starting to get in the pressures and pressure rate. And pressure rate is so important, right? If you have a 19% pressure rate, you're really good. And I got to look up uh, Max Crosby here for a second. What did I have for uh, Max Crosby did from 18.1, which is insane in 2021 to 13.2, but his sack numbers were up. So you can't really dock him for that, right? You know, the pressures are still high. The sacks are still high. He just played a lot of snaps. So, I, to me, it was it was definitely sacks that played a role, but pressures and pressure rate. That, that was the key for me. And also, what you were able to do in the postseason, you were able to get there. I, I thought that was also an indicator, which is why I, I had Hassan Reddick where I had him. It was tough to put him behind Micah Parsons, but you can't argue against a guy who had – tied for the league lead in 90 pressures and is one of only three guys ever to have 13 sacks in each of his first two years. So then when it comes to those pressures where you see the teams get, you mentioned the Eagles. I know that's the team that you're the most familiar with. How does that coincide with the rest of the defense being elite? Because we're looking at the Raiders this year, and it seems like maybe they don't have to worry about the secondary not being as good if those guys at the front can just get to the quarterback. Do you see that coincide with the teams that have the best edge rushers or, you know, the best units and tandems? They are the better teams around the league? Yeah, well, I think also help the Eagles pass rushes. you got Darius Lane and James Bradbury at cornerback. You know, you got arguably the game's best cornerback duo back there. So quarterbacks had to get rid of the ball. They they couldn't convert a lot of deep pass. I think that's what Patrick Graham's got to figure out in Vegas, right? You know, how can I get the right cornerbacks in there? Obviously losing Rocky Sin. That's a big loss for him. I, I know it's, you know, you're thinking, oh, Rocky Sin, you know, who cares? But he was one of their confident quarterbacks now. So I think that's what Vegas needs to do. I, you know, right now, they just got to find the right group of secondary guys. But again, the secondary job is a lot easier if Chandler Jones is getting home, Tyree Wilson's getting home, you know, Max Crosby's going to get home. So it's definitely a work in progress. But again, I, I think with all the roster turnover that Vegas has had over the past couple of years, I feel like. One of the safest bets for them right now is is edge rusher like that. Josh Jacobs, Devontae Adams, you know the wide receiver group. But right now, it's I think they can look at their edge rusher situation and say, you know what, we got a good group here. We got to make sure we keep all three. I agree. Jeff Kerr, CBS, is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920. And let's say, you said something to me that got me excited. You mentioned the, the secondary, and I, I'm, I'm a big fan of defensive backs, and I believe the secondary is very important, and I believe they work hand-in-hand with the defensive line. And some people think you could put any corner out there, and as long as the defensive line is good, it's going to make them look good. How important is it, Jeff, 
for the cornerbacks to be really solid quarterbacks, like you mentioned what Philadelphia had, to work in tandem with that really solid off, uh, defensive line. Yeah, every time I talked to Slay and Bradbury last year, Slay said it a lot more than Bradbury, but they both know. It's when the pass rush is getting to the quarterback as quick as they get to him, their jobs are so much easier because they're not getting beat 30, 40 yards downfield. Like Darius Slay gave up a 40 yard pass to um, Terry McLaurin last year in week 11. And I asked Slay about it after the game. He said, well, you know, to be honest, I mean, he had like five seconds to get the ball to him. <laughs> and I'm like, so you're blaming your defensive line? And he goes, I'm not blaming them, but it's very rare that they give a quarterback five seconds. So, yeah, you're right. Like, I think they could put us back there. I mean, we're not going to stop an NFL wide receiver, but no. the pass rush gets home. We don't have to worry about covering them either. Right. But the quarterback's got to be good. They can't just be anybody. I mean, they can't be me and you and DeMond. We'd be in trouble then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, we'd be in big trouble. It, it, you know what? The Raiders might as well move again if they put us back there. Right. Exactly. So I just I just always say, especially with the past draft that came by, I was like, man, if the Raiders could get some quality DBs that are used to getting their hands on the ball. That's the other thing. Slay, uh, they both did that. Uh, Bradbury, they both did that. They were able to get their hands on the ball and, and come away and create turnovers. Like that. That's uh, another element of the defense that has to happen and the Raiders, they only had six interceptions last year. That's not going to get it done. Yeah, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson has many interceptions as that entire team, which is right. kind of crazy when you think about it. And I say this with the Falcons, too. Like One of the reasons why the Falcons, I never could think of seriously, they all have a pass rush. The Eagles have more sacks last year alone than the Falcons have had the last three. Wow. Wow, that's, that's, that's a hell of a stat right there. That's a that's a mic drop moment. Jeff Kerr from CBS here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Go ahead, Demond. Yeah, I want to transition over to basketball really quick. You being a Philly guy, do Philly fans want James Harden to come back to the Sixers? <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Does Max Crosby want James Harden to come back to the Sixers? That, that's what I need to know. He, he's a big Sixers fan. I've been trying to get him to ring the bell the last couple of years here. It's, they said they haven't asked him to do it yet, but yeah, everybody wants James Harden out of there. They we were all laughing after they beat um, Brooklyn in the four-game series. First place he goes is Vegas, and then TMV catches him. We're like, I'm James Harden, he's in Vegas again. That's what he does. But I think people were okay with him coming back, but I think now it's they're excited because it's not going to be running it back, and it's not going to be the two or three seed or anything like that. I'm a six or season ticket holder. I, I love James Harden, but I also know his limitations. He's 33 going on 34. He, he's not going to be uh, – I'm sorry, he might be 34 now. Honestly. Yeah, I he, think so. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, he's not going to be the same guy. And you're not paying a guy like that $45 million a year, $50 million a year, whatever the heck he wants. Um, you know what? Trade him and see how you can reconstruct the roster. I, I trust Daryl Morey a heck of a lot more than I trust James Harden right now. Yeah, there's no doubt. I, I, uh, I, I'm very adamant about my dislike for James Harden, but uh, that's that's a conversation for another day. Before we let you go, Jeff, I did want to ask one question uh, that's NFL related, just with all the gambling and the suspensions that is going on, and you know, there's a lot of conversation about are the rules, um, you know, are they cut cut and dry where there should be no gray area? Are they understandable? Are these guys just kind of knuckleheads and getting themselves in trouble anyway? What do you think that the league should do to, to I don't know if it's, it's better, make the, the, the rule more clear, or, or, or how do you think that they slow down this gambling that's going on by these players that are ultimately getting suspended? I, I think what's upsetting is when you're a player, say you're Devontae Adams, you're catching a touchdown pass, and you see FanDuel and DraftKings and people just betting on that anytime touchdown, and you can't bet 
on that same thing, right? Like, I don't think they should be betting on their sport anyway, but to me, I, I take two stances with it. One is they tell you don't bet in your team facility. Just don't do it. Like, do it at home. Like, right. you have a home, you know, go, go do it there. And if you really have to, to bet, and again, don't bet on football, you know, I, I, I think they should be allowed to at least bet on other sports. Like, if they want to bet on a basketball game, how, how does that hurt the integrity of football? Right. I, I, again, yeah, there's so much gray area with this, and like the guys that that bet in the team facilities, I'm just like, okay, you you guys are stupid. Like, like there's right. stuff you just can't do in the workplace. But it, it's clear, like, look at Isaiah Rogers made a thousand dollar bet and he got caught, and you know he ultimately probably lost the bet and and lost his job. So it, it's tricky. I mean, it's personally, I. I all the money those guys make, I can't believe they bet a thousand dollars on something. <laughs> well, yeah, and the funny thing is that Isaiah Rogers bet in particular. Normally, he only bets twenty-five to fifty bucks every play. He bet a thousand-dollar player prop bet on his teammate, and he won that bet. So he he usually only goes twenty-five to fifty. He puts a thousand down and wins on his teammate. If that's not the ultimate red flag, and the like you said, that was just dumb. Yeah, it, it's stupid. I, I I don't get like. And I saw Jonathan Jones this week today uh, from the Patriots, and I'm yeah. like, dude, what are you, what are you doing? Like, how hard is it for you guys? Like, I mean, Q, you got rules at work. I got rules at work. Like, don't do this. So, like, I, like one of my, one of our rules, can't say anything bad about CBS. Not that I would want to, but I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna, I'm right. definitely not gonna do it on a burner. You know, I'm not stupid. <laughs> I, I like my job. <laughs> right, exactly, yeah. There's certain things that we've got to protect and make sure we take care of. So uh, the 1st and the 15th or whenever you get paid, that check arrives the way it's supposed to, right? There's uh, there's no yep. doubt about that. Well, Jeff, great stuff as always, man. It's good to catch up with you. Uh, what are you working on that we should be on the lookout for? Well, I'll tell you what, Q. Uh, next week um, I'm actually working on uh, – hold on. i got to remember everything i got going on here. Uh, nice. Top 10, quarter, top 10 quarterback um, – Head coach duos comes out every July, usually in mid-July. I'll be finishing that up when I get back. Uh, obviously, I think we all know who number one is, Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. They're number one every year. But um, I'm doing, I'm doing, I've been doing a lot of NFC stuff, but I know we're doing like undervalued players around the league, meaning like who outperforms their contract or who's good but you don't hear about. Like for years in, in, for the Raiders, it was Max Crosby. Like who would be yep. that guy for the Raiders right now? Um, who would be the guy that's really good that you don't hear about? Um, man, it was Max Crosby at one point, but everyone knows who Max Crosby is now. Um, oh, Devon, I'm really got? trying to think. I'm I want to say Colton Miller, but I feel like his contract represents someone that gets paid, you know, for the level of play that he. I don't performs. think Josh but, Jacobs really got the the burn that he should have until he went out and led the league in rushing last season. Honestly. Yeah, I, I, Honestly, I don't even blame Josh Jacobs for doing what he's doing right now. I'm like, Josh Jacobs deserves his money. He was the best running back in football last year. Yep, I agree. I agree. And, you know, it's it's a shame how undervalued uh, running backs are in the NFL. It's just – it really is. They've got to, I think, find a way – to change up their contracts a little bit so they can either hit free agency a little earlier, they get more guaranteed money up. For, I don't know, something. But the way that teams devalue the running back to me is criminal. But, again, another conversation for another day. But, Jeff, thanks so much, man. Have a great holiday weekend. We definitely appreciate you. Yeah, sounds good. Thank you. By the way, Colt Miller is a good pick. 
There you go. There you go. DeMond, little tip of the cap. There it is. Sweet. Colton Miller, good pick. Jeff Kerr, CBS Sports, at Jeff Kerr, CBS on Twitter. You can check him out and with us here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio 920. That's a good question. I wonder who would be the guy that's really good on the Raiders that nobody's talking about. And my second pick was still going to be on the offensive line, but he hasn't proven it yet, but I think he's on the come up. Dylan Parham? Well, that wouldn't, that's, not, yeah, that, yeah. That's, not, that's not the answer. Because he's still got to yeah, prove he's prove himself. It. Well, that's a good question. Red yeah. Nation, what, do you, what would you say? <laughs> Hell, you're smarter than me and DeMond combined. 702-365-9200 and the don'tbebroke.com text line 69187, keyword r Who's the player on the silver and black that you think is really good that nobody's talking about? Let us know. It's Red Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Many thanks to my guy Jeff Kerr from CBS joining us talking about edge rushers, a little NFL news, talk a little gambling. Coming up at 4.30, Sam Gordon from the RJ will join us. We'll talk all things aces as they put a whooping on the New York Liberty last night. They got the Connecticut Sun on Saturday at Michelob Ultra. That's going to be a lot of fun. But, man... I was going to wait till we got to cover three, and cover three I know is supposed to come up at, what, 4 o'clock, I believe? Is that how we have it scheduled? Yeah, we have cover three coming up at 4, but I got to jump to this right now, DeMond. I got to ask you this off top. Your Tennessee Titans got some things going on, man. What in the world is going on in Tennessee? What's in the water there? My uh, guy, man, my, my guy, Teron Davenport from ESPN, who covers uh, the Tennessee Titans like a glove, tweeted out, more trouble in Nashville. Titans running back Hassan Haskins has been charged with aggravated assault by strangulation. Apparently, him and his girlfriend have both been arrested. Domestic violence is the is the thing. And this all comes from the fact that his girlfriend liked another man's post on Instagram. Yeah, that's the uh Boy, that took a long time to respond. I was like, man, you don't like you. I don't know how to respond to that. No, it's one of the. It's you can't not even like not defend isn't even the right word. You can't. He's off the team. I know he's only a fourth round pick, but that's one of those. I don't even want to hear what your rationale was. You're gone. Yeah, there is none. Especially being a running back, where like no one's giving you a second chance, brother. I mean, yeah. just being a, a a person in general. Yeah, no no one's giving you a second chance after this where he's like, yeah, there's something going on in Tennessee where it's – that is – it's one of those stories you read it and you're like, what is go- – why? Right. Like, and then you then you get the explanation. Okay, here's the why. And yeah. then it's – now the why is even dumber than – you know, because you always want to have that, well, let's give him innocent until proven guilty. We don't know the whole story. I don't need to know the whole story after this. I mean, that's that, the one detail. Yeah. I, that's the okay. Yeah, you're an no, idiot. You you no, you did right. this was malicious. You did it on purpose. No 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 defending my no. You intentionally did this, and you gotta go. Yeah, that's that's bad business right there, man. I mean, wow, that's that's something. And and you know this obviously uh, is is uh, serious serious. I mean, domestic violence is nothing to joke about. That's a, I mean that's some serious business right there. And you know this guy's up here strangling his girlfriend. I mean that literally could have killed her. Right. I mean, this dude is he, he's tripping. So they're both in jail for whatever, you know, for the domestic violence situation. And this comes, what, a day after uh, the Titans found out about their their other guy being suspended. Nicholas Petit Ferrer uh, getting suspended. What did he get? Six games or was it a year? How many games did he get? I think he was a six gamer. Okay, yeah. Oh, yeah, he didn't bet on – I'm sorry, he didn't bet on the NFL. He just bet on other sports at the team facilities. So uh, that that's the offensive lineman. How important was he as, as far as the offensive line goes? I don't believe too much where it's one of those players that's not affecting the team that much. They're going to be able to 
continue to compete without him, not even a starter. But for me, it's the betting. It's so dumb where we talk about the teams where they have to come in and they got to explain the rules. Right. Well, you think about the head coaches where, hey, man, a guy under him, like playing under him, you're not going to see a mistake like that. And I feel like Mike Vrabel, maybe that's me, you know, drinking the Kool-Aid a little too much about how great of a leader he is. I feel like you playing under him, you would just be you like, oh, I would be smarter than that. You're not going to catch me slipping like that. His players aren't going to get caught up like that. You know, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I and get it's, it. Yeah, I, I guess it. it doesn't matter who the leader is, who in fr- who's in front of the room like leading those meetings. It just doesn't matter. Well, you know, the thing about it is, and we've talked about it quite a bit here on the show, this whole gambling suspensions we've been talking about the last few days. Uh, you know, Jeff Kerr, we, we had him on the last segment, talked about Jonathan Jones, the Patriots quarterback, who believes it's okay for them to bet on the NFL games. And he's, his rationale was, well, why, could, why wouldn't we bet on our team to win? Like, we want our team to win. We're out there playing for our team to win. Why wouldn't we make a bet on them? But that's not how betting works. There's so many different ways that you could bet on a game, it's not just wins and losses. And even then, you still why would why would you why would you even suggest that, right? Why would you even suggest that that should be an okay thing if that's not something that would bring the big ultimate red flag? You want to talk about how dumb Isaiah Rogers was and what he did that brought a huge red flag? Even trying to defend betting on your own team, that is another red flag where it's like, okay, he thinks that that's okay. Let's go see what he's been up to, right? That that's <laughs> that that's just one of those that requires a wait. Hold on. Let me take a double look at what you got going on. And then so it's so stupid where it's the, hey, why can't we bet on the team? Insider trading is also a crime when it comes to stocks. Right. Where, you know, you can't just trade on it. But I'm thinking about it. I didn't think about this until Jeff mentioned that. But imagine somebody's in the game. Remember when Keenan Allen, didn't he say barbecue chicken? Yeah. Before, you know, they played yep. against the Raiders. Yep. Now imagine if you're just, let's say you don't play receiver. You're a cornerback. Keenan Allen, oh, but we playing the Raiders. He's talking about barbecue chicken. Well, he's, I'm taking all the overs. Right. He's that confident in himself. Right. Now, it doesn't matter if, if he hits on the bet or not, but for you to have the gall just to say, I believe in my boy that much, the Raiders, they barbecue chicken. I'm going to put $1,000 on them. That just, sound like, that just sounds like something you know you shouldn't be doing. It just, I mean, we talk about the integrity of the game. You know, there's so much big-time money that's spent on gambling, and people aren't going to do that if they believe that it's not real. Like, the, you know, the outcome is already determined. Like, it's wrestling. No disrespect. I know you're a big wrestling guy. No, but, but 100%. Yeah, I mean, if you feel like it's it's a it's a wrestling WWE-type setting, they're not going to spend that kind of money. And, you know, to even have the nerve to say that they should be able to bet on their own team to win, guess what? What I mean, think about this element. Okay, you know, it, I can see me and you making a bet. All right, I bet that the Raiders beat the Titans. Okay, I bet that they don't. Fine, that's me and you. But say me and you were players and you were on the Titans and I was on the Raiders. What if I made a bet and said, yeah, I, I say that the Raiders are going to win, but I really go place the bet on the Titans and then the Raiders lose. Then what? Yeah, here's something where people, where they question it already, where it just gets people mad, whether it be fantasy, whether it be, you know, over-under totals, whether it be season totals. How many times do people get mad or a running back stops at the one instead of going in for a touchdown? Now what if you got a question, he took the under on the touchdowns today, and that's why he stopped at the one. And that's the other reason that, you know, the the betting on your own team, and and I've seen other – like major outlets suggest that that might be okay as well if they didn't have over-unders, if they didn't have total points, if they only went strictly money line. I was like, that still doesn't make any sense. But to, with, that, with that thought, like you could never bet on your own team and have over-unders, <laughs> right? I mean, it just wouldn't make any sense. You couldn't do that because all of a sudden your team is, is beating the brakes off someone and then you shut it down. 
Oh, yeah, he took the under, right? I mean, that just none of that would make any kind of sense. So for Jonathan Jones to even come out and say that, it just makes no sense. And why draw that unnecessary attention to yourself? Were to be the guy, like, you know, the players' union, I'm sure they like, hey, man, if you get suspended, we'll at least try to appeal it. We're going to fight for you because that's the job of a union. Right. I don't think anybody at the player union is just like standing up and saying, you know what, we should be able to bet. Because oh, there was a tweet, I want to say, BR Gridiron, where they also put his salary. Yeah. Hey, he only makes 500000 a year. Only. So, where it's that does I wish matter. I made 500000 a year and <laughs> exactly. someone said, oh, he only yeah, made 500000 Let me get those problems as well. Right. <laughs> Why can't I put the over under on the show today? <laughs> right. Because <laughs> I want to make a little bit more. Let's, <laughs> Yeah, that makes no sense to just like the salary doesn't even matter. Like when that was part of the tweet where someone's like, hey, but he only makes 500,000. And I don't think that it matters if you make on the low end or if you're making 30 million. Why are you betting on the sport where it just doesn't make any sense? Maybe the team facility rule. That's that's maybe that's a little, you know, itty. I'm what? I'm good with that. Look, we and let's we, say we've training camp. Let's this. say if someone's like, I'm not saying they have a problem, but right. what if somebody's like, hey man, training camp, I want to play some bets. That's I feel like you know with the teams. Let's say they go out. Can no? Can you not place a bet at all during well, training if, camp? If you're not at the team facility, well, let me look. I mean, I got the rules. I've been. I mean, I've been pretty hot and heavy on this. But the teams that go out and travel, you know, let's say you know, hey, we're gonna go train in like the Raiders. They're gonna go to Southern right. California for a little bit. Can right. they just like don't even don't even think about it when you're on this training camp trip? Well, I, I don't, don't know. I mean, yeah, I don't either, right? I mean, it, that's again, that's going back to the gray area of the rules, right? I mean, they've they've got six of them that they're really focused in on uh, that 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 you have to make sure that you abide by, but you also have to make sure that you understand. That's the that's the biggest deal, and you know, some of them are the easy ones, like we talked about before, when it comes to just don't bet on the NFL. Okay, great, I get that, but the other ones, you know, I mean, like you said, traveling. Uh, in a team hotel, at the team facility. Like, I get the team facility. That, that's, to me, no-brainer. But while you're traveling for a road game, so what if you're on the plane? Like, I just came back from Hawaii. That's, and it's not a brag. That's just it was a six-hour flight, so I was really bored. So what if at some point I have my Wi-Fi, I'm connected, and I say, you know what, there's a game that I'm not even going to be able to pay attention to because I'm not even going to land yet. But I have a good feeling that this team, so-and-so team, is going to win. The Dodgers are going to beat the Red Sox. Whatever. Just throw it out there. I'm going to go ahead and place a bet, but I'm, it's, 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 it's me traveling for a road game. Or, yeah, is that – like, should that be illegal? Probably not. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, what, what harm is that? What, what, what is – and I get it. It's the rule, so you got to follow it now. But to me, it's just like that, that's it's actually adding an extra element to it that doesn't need to be there. I want to I do defend my Titan a little bit more here. Nicholas Petitfari, he did say – I didn't know you couldn't place bets at work. So is that on the job, or is it just one of those situations you should know better? Well, and we had Joe Fortball on the show. Yeah, but he had Joe Fortball on the show yesterday, and as he pointed out, and I know this to be true, there's signs all over the facility that says you ah, can't. You got me there. You can't gamble. <laughs> I mean, you know, so open up your eyes, rookie, right? Or ask a question, rookie. But the NFL, they've said that they're what? They're doing in-person visits. They're going to they're gonna make sure that they have seminars with rookies, but that already cost them six games. And as a rookie, you really you can't afford to miss out on six games because then you're really in trouble. What if, I mean, so you get behind on the depth chart, you're trying to, yeah. make the, trying to make the roster, and then they realize, oh, wait, this guy's not going to be available for at least six games? Then what? Then you're kind of up a creek with, without a paddle, if you know what I mean. So well, that's, that's the situation. Yeah, it's it's one it's it's the fa- I mean I know that it's a lot of people hey there's nothing on TV but baseball but even if this was an during the season conversation it is so 
you know, titillating because it's so many ends and ifs or those gray areas that you mentioned. And then you got people like Jones just saying, hey, but why can't I? Hey, we're going out there putting our bodies on the line. We're, we're, I'm not saying that he's right, but the fact that everyone has that opinion out there about it. And if I'm the union, you know, if I'm Nicholas from the Titans, why not? It's like, hey, fight for me. Hey, fight for me as a union. I didn't know. I made an honest mistake. You know, put that appeal in. How, how susceptible is the league going to be to even hearing appeals for these players? Hey, can I get that reduced from six to four games? Or does the league just have to say, no, 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 we're not even trying to hear appeals on gambling suspensions because we can't look soft? No, I think that they can't. You know, and if they do, then all of a sudden a big-name guy that gets a bigger suspension is going to say, well, he got his reduced. Why can't I get mine? And then probably will get his reduced. And then it's like, okay, well, do you guys care that they're doing it or not? Or are you just doing this to, you know, to, to make it look good? Are you trying to put on a show? And, that's again, that's going to start questioning the integrity of the game. And there's already people, the conspiracy theorists out there, that already believe that, oh, NFL games are fixed and this, that, and the other. If there's actually evidence that – these guys are betting on games, and, and, and all of a sudden you're starting to see, just like Isaiah Rogers making a bet on his teammate, uh, the, the running back, and winning, and, and he never bet more than 50 bucks, and all of a sudden he's betting 1000 bucks. If I'm somebody that bet on the Colts, I'd be like, whoa, hold up. And that's you think there's a reason why he's no longer on the Colts, right? I mean, there, there's a reason why. They got rid of that dude quick, fast, and hurry because that is literally making it look like, hey, man, something, something funny style is going on inside those walls. He, put, he went – out on a limb to put a thousand dollar bet down, and he never goes above fifty bucks. Like, yeah, that would tell me all that I need to know. Especially when it comes to we don't know which what particular game it was, but you know that that goes back to the insider training. You know, right. don't, that's number four I think on that list of don't give team inside yep, information. Four, yep. If you know already ahead of time, hey man, our starting running backs out this week. Right. Oh, not looking good for our rushing yard total. Right. And man. you know, and then right. like let's say if you want you tell your brother, yeah man. Running back's not looking good this week, man. So uh, do with that information you will. Right. And exactly. now you know. Now you're starting to you change. You ain't hear reaction. that from me, but yeah, I got good information that the running back is out on Sunday. So we might not hit. We yo, what's our what's our rushing total? 105. Yeah, we ain't getting that, bro. Right. Right. We have a whole new playbook going. <laughs> it's all passing. Right. I mean, yeah. There's so many different things. And look again with what Isaiah Rogers did. It was so obvious. It's like if I drive a a, a, a Honda Accord every day, a beat up Honda Accord, and all of a sudden I show up to work in a Lambo. Right, something, something, something don't look right. Something is wrong with this situation. You know, a couple things ain't ain't normal here, right? You just there, you can't do that. You know, if all of a sudden, Demond, you roll up at the at the job and and you know you got a Greg Salerno type BMW outside. <laughs> I say Greg Salerno because one of our coworkers, Greg Salerno, he's got. I mean, he got a Nino Brown type BMW, and I told him I was like, dude, I don't even want to park my truck next to you. Like I feel like that I'm violating your space. So real yeah. quick, I parked next to him yesterday. I was getting something out of my car, and he's going to lunch with the IT guys, Kevin and Jamie. And he's like, "Oh, you want to come to lunch? We're going to so and so." And then like he's like, "Yeah, get in. You, we'll, we'll, we're all riding his car." And then I said, "Oh yeah, man, anywhere if you're paying." And he's like, "I'm not paying." I was like, "But you the man with the fancy car, right? You're not paying for lunch, right?" I said, "I'm going back inside, man." <laughs> <laughs> That's real, man. You can't you can't drive the fanciest car in the parking lot, invite the man to lunch, and then tell that you ain't paying. That goes against all the rules, man. Because <laughs> I was looking at it too. It, it will be nice to ride in this car, but it's like I'm not even shotgun. It ain't worth it, <laughs> man. I don't know. I, I looked at man, and I don't. How would you describe what kind of BMW does he have? It's, it's almost like a sports car, you know. It's yeah. all white. I mean, windows tinted. 
it definitely looks We're like just putting this man's business out. On the oh streets, yeah, right? yeah. He yeah. gonna drive. He gonna drive by someone and be like, "Oh, that's probably Greg Salerno right there." Yeah, white big being... fella with the Yankee hat on. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's a real, it's a real nice car. I mean, I bet it could. I really, yeah, it could. Yeah, it's a nice car. I ain't gonna lie. I thought it came out of music video when he rolled up. I was like, wait, hold up, dog. Like, it's one. Yeah, Lil man. Wayne just pulled up in the parking lot. What's going on? Check out the arena Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> ESPN Las Vegas. That's a good plug for the show. Three forty one is the time. Raider Nation. Sometimes we get off track. We want to hear from you though. Seven zero two three six five ninety two hundred. Delbybroke dot com text line is six nine one eight seven keyword R and R. Getting back to the silver and black. We don't know what the expectations are. I think a lot of us are kind of just wait and see type mode but there's got to be something that you're pretty fired up about when it comes to this team what is it what is it that you're most interested and intrigued by when it comes to the Raiders as training camp is well obviously less than a month away this is Raider Nation Radio 920 now back to unnecessary roughness with your boy Q okay well JT buddy action unnecessary roughness Raider Nation Radio 920 it must be a Friday you get some JT money action not mad at that. So folks going to go out this weekend and spend some of their JT money, right? Going to have them a good time. I ain't mad at that. Good stuff. Unnecessary roughness. Rare Nation Radio 920. Just paid attention, man. NBA free agency, Demon is wide open like some old school TV antennas. And uh, we'll, get to, we'll get to some real, like we'll go through some of the NBA free agency in a little bit. But one of the big names that I was looking to see what was going to happen was Draymond Green, who actually was out here in Las Vegas yesterday with Steph and Clay as they were taking on Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey in the uh, in, in the match that they lost. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes <laughs> and Travis Kelsey won that. But uh, Draymond Green was hanging with them. There seemed like there was no doubt that he was going to be re-signing with the, with the Warriors, and he did, in fact, on a four-year, $100 million deal. So he stays with the Golden State Warriors. Four years, $100 million. And actually, the first year of his deal is less money than the money he opted out of to begin with. He was at, what, 27 that he, he had. He opted out of that and ended up getting $23 million in the first year. But he got the long-term four-year, $100 million deal. So uh, there you go. And it looks like... Uh, oh, it looks like Kyrie is staying in Dallas. Shams is saying that free agent Kyrie Irving has agreed to a three-year, $126 million contract to return to Dallas with a player option in the third season. So there you go. Draymond Green staying in Golden State. Kyrie Irving staying in Dallas. Not surprised by either of those moves. Definitely no. not surprised by Kyrie because it's like, oh, Kyrie's taking means here. Kyrie's taking means there. He wants to play with a contender. Maybe get back with LeBron or KD. Yeah, but them teams weren't offering Kyrie any money. No. And as much as Kyrie is, you know, the wokest of the woke, <laughs> he not about to go play somewhere for the mid-level exception. No. It's, no. You know, but it's uh, – yeah, so, it's, I mean, he's just like the biggest hypocrite. That's my problem with Kyrie. Well, but it's it was, funny. It's funny when he said he was going to make that trip to see uh, to see the Suns, and you knew that there was about nothing because the Suns had nothing they could offer him. They didn't have no money. They can't make no trade. I mean, they, there's, there's really – they had nothing. So he was trying to drum up interest. There was none. So he just returned to Dallas. Uh, and so Dallas keeps their guy, which I think that's a big deal for Dallas because they can't get free agents. I mean, they really can't. They had to trade to get him, and now they're able to at least keep him on that three-year, $126 million contract. And good for him. You know, I mean, he could be as crazy as he is as far as, you know, like he's just one of those guys that's got those mood swings, and, and sometimes he's available, sometimes he's not. But – Still find a way to get $126 million out of the Dallas Mavericks, so I guess good for him. <laughs> I mean, the talent's still there. The talent's still no there. No doubt. But, no doubt. And with Draymond, I mean, this guy is like the poster child for 
D- do whatever you want at work. If everybody likes you, you can get away with it. Man. Man. Mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's, there's, everyone's got the same rules. They're just enforced differently. Yeah, <laughs> we treat everybody fairly, but not equally. Or right. yeah, exactly. That's that's exactly what it is. And you know, Draymond is Draymond. And so I, I thought that there was a great chance he was going to be back with the Warriors. And I thought if he didn't go back to the Warriors, he'd end up with the Lakers. But he ultimately ends up with the Golden State Warriors. So there's a lot of uh, NBA news that we'll get to at some point. But Raider Nation, we want to hear from you. Uh, we also want to get you hooked up with an opportunity to win four tickets to an Aviators game and have a shot at winning the weekly grand prize that we're giving out on our Lotus Summer of Fun. This week it's a it's a Maui trip, five-day Maui trip and $1,500 cash, or you have options. You could take the trip or you could take the cash. If you take the cash, you could take $3,000 home. But with that being said, you've got to, first of all, get in to win the tickets to the Aviators game, the four-pack of tickets, and then when you do get that, then you're one step closer to that trip. But each week, we're giving out another trip uh, on Lotus Broadcasting. So why don't we go ahead right now, and so instead of waiting until the last second of the show, why don't we go ahead and do that right now, <laughs> 702-365-9200. Caller number nine, going to get you qualified to win four tickets to an Aviators game, which will then get you in to win a little bit more, give you another opportunity to get that opportunity to win that trip to Maui. So 702-365-9200, you want to get qualified for those four tickets to the Aviators game, hit us up right now. Caller number nine, DeMond is standing by in the Finley Cadillac performance studio so demond let me know who who gets hooked up and we'll shout them out and we'll throw their name into the hat and we'll see where it goes from there but just to know the morning tailgate they're actually going to be announcing the next trip on monday so on monday when you wake up at the morning tailgate they'll do that i believe um probably in the eight o'clock hour they'll announce the next trip and there are some really good trips i've seen a bunch of them there are some really good trips that uh, we're giving out so just kind of a, a nice little way to say hey welcome to summer and let's get you out of wherever you're at and send you to one of these great places that we have so that's what we're doing of lotus lotus broadcasting across the whole family of uh, of radio stations so we got a lot going on uh, coming up at 4 30 from the rj we'll be talking with sam gordon our good friend we're talking about the aces who put on a hell of a performance last night against the liberty there were so many uh folks in attendance and i'll, I'll tell you man this is this is a cold world demand cold world Head coach Josh McDaniels is at the game last night uh, at the Michelob Ultra Arena. You know, Darren Waller's there. Uh, I think uh, Floyd Mayweather was there. I mean, there was just everyone. Mark Davis is always always there. I mean, there's guys on top of guys on top of guys. But Josh McDaniels is there, and it goes to him. He's sitting courtside. All of a sudden, the camera hits him, and he's there with his family and his daughter. And well, what I was told, as I was not there, I was doing a radio show, but what I was told was it was a mix crowd of uh you know the noise that you make when you when you see the coach it was a mix of cheers and booze <laughs> so no i mean it was it was a little bit of both but you know i mean that's what it's gonna be you're the head coach that's what it's gonna be until you can get that team to winning ways i mean it's just that simple man and uh, did, i wonder if you know they show him I, I, oh, i'm yeah, they sure, he just, him. sure he just clapped and smiled Oh no, he just he just I mean he said he didn't really Yeah. He didn't acknowledge it like it was any big okay. deal. I mean he 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 held it down just, you know, kind of like like you expect him to do, but I saw it and it's funny. I was like I said I was doing a radio show and I looked up and I saw him multiple times and then all of a sudden I saw the camera just focus in on him and then all of a sudden it's on the screen. It's like, "Oh, Raiders head coach Josh McDaniels." And so all of a sudden I looked on Twitter and it's like, "Yeah, that wasn't the warmest welcome that you could ever hear from a crowd." But again, as long as you're not winning, 
that's the kind of reception you're going to get. You've got to, you know, turn things around, start winning. Once you start winning, things will change. You know, then all of a sudden, you know, you turn this team from a 6-11 and team to an 11-6 and team, all of a sudden those boos will get turned right around. And all of a sudden everybody will be cheering. I mean, that's just the nature of the beast. And he's, he's no dummy. He knows yeah. it all the time. I mean, coaches, that's, that's what it is, man. I mean, you're enemy of the state if you're not doing what, what everyone thinks you're supposed to be doing. And you're a hero if you are. So he, he knows what it is. It ain't, it ain't no secret. Yeah, man, they got to they gotta get him more involved. I mean, maybe give him, like, you know, throw, toss out some T-shirts during, you know, a, the, you know, during a no, you know, timeout. No, man, don't do that. Don't <laughs> yeah. do that. I, I, no, man, I don't want that for him, man. He throws some T-shirts out there. They might be somebody to throw that T-shirt back, man. You know how they do at <laughs> yeah. a baseball game? You know, at a baseball game, someone hits a home run and it's the opposite team and they throw it back, throw it back. Yeah, don't do that. That's, that's, that's setting them up for failure, so – uh, it's cool though to see. I'm I'm glad that he's getting out in the community and seeing seeing different events and 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 being there at at the games and you know just like I mentioned with the Golden Knights winning the the Stanley Cup and you know he was involved in that and the Raiders as an organization were involved with uh, watching them go ahead and win that. I, I think it's good to be around greatness. The Golden Knights yeah. great. The Aces great. You know I, I think that that's good. You know and to see the the team go out there and perform the way that they did. I thought man I thought they put on a hell of a show. It was it was tough. It was physical, but at the end of the day, man, the Aces just dominated. Absolutely dominated. I was doing I was doing this radio show last night, and and my co-host Rob Stats Guerrero was saying I have never had so many WNBA updates on a, on a radio show that I've uh, I've done, but besides this one because Q is so locked in on this game that the Aces are playing versus New York Liberty. And then there's folks in the background, you know, producers and all from ESPN, and, of course, they're on the East Coast, so they're like, oh, Q, Liberty ain't got – you ain't got nothing on the Liberty. The Aces ain't got nothing on Liberty. And so about the third quarter, I, I, I couldn't hear anything, right? When the Aces went on that <laughs> 11-0 run, I was like, hey, man, what you say about that game? Crickets, man. It was crickets. You couldn't hear nothing. So uh, that was a lot of fun. Talk a little bit of trash. 3.55 is the time. We'll take a quick break. Come back. Kick off hour number three of the show. It's Unnecessary Roughness on Radio Nation Radio 920.